What's going on, everybody? Hey, can I tell you guys a cool movie that I didn't realize was so cool until recently? It's Blade. I started watching the first one. That movie's cool as hell, man. I would say if the third one wasn't so corny, but I believe the reason it was so corny is because WWE got involved. It Like, that trilogy would stand alone, but... The fact that WWE was involved, I believe, is the reason why it got kind of corny. Because the first two are phenomenal. And then I don't know if the third one is just the fact that Triple H was in it. But they had, like, no creative control. But if they did, that would explain why it was super corny. I'm talking about the third one here. Even though it was still pretty funny. And they got the guy that plays Link from Prison Break. They got him to be the bad guy in this one, so... But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure to follow me. Punch them out. The official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Doofy. everybody's well dude if there's one thing i need to get off my chest is this noche ufc card i rewatched the main event like about five minutes ago and i'm gonna tell you i had it at first watching it live i had it three to two for alexa grasso but now rewatching it i have it three to two valentina and that is what the scorecards reflect right two of the three judges gave three rounds to valentina and then two rounds to Alexa. But there's no way that fifth round was 10-8. That was horrible. I don't know what Mike Bell was looking at. And if you want to sit there and tell me when Alexa took her back, it's because of the punches and she almost rear naked choked her. Dude, you can say the same thing about the third. The third round, Valentina beat her up worse and ended up in a guillotine. And then ended up mounting her and finished the round. And then, like... Towards the end, Alexa switched it up on her, but I still believe Valentina was in the dominant position with the armbar. That's my opinion, right? And then in the fifth, if you want, I mean in the fourth, like, look, I originally gave Alexa the fourth round because of the knees, but looking back at it, those knees, they weren't that significant. They look significant because Valentina was more worried about telling the ref, yo, that's illegal, but if she just would have rolled with it, for the record, they were not illegal. They were 100% legal because she only had one hand down. She didn't have both hands down and didn't have weight on it, apparently. But no, that one hand rule is not in effect anymore. So those knees, if you go back and look at it, if she just sits there and takes them, like they were good knees, but I believe Valentina landed harder, more effective hits throughout the round. And we'll cancel out each of their takedowns because none of them really did anything with them. Like, yeah, Alexa got it, but she, Valentina scrambled out of it real fast. But to me, Valentina did more work throughout the fourth round, so I gave her the fourth round. And then again, Valentina was winning that fifth round. I have no idea what possessed her to go for that takedown because if she would have just kept it on the feet and doing what she was doing because she was piecing her up. She cut her in the fourth. That's another reason I gave it to Valentina, the fourth. 
because if she would have just kept doing what she was doing, she would have won that fifth round without that takedown. And then we don't have this controversy. But even with that, there was a minute 27 left when that happened. And there's no way that warrants a 10-8 round. You're telling me the last three minutes that Valentina was doing work could count for nothing? That she opened her cup more? That she looked like she was really piecing her up? Again, I have no idea what possessed Valentina to go for the takedown. But with that said, there's no way that was a 10-8 round. I'm sorry for those who believe that was. It wasn't. And if you want to cheer for Alexa because it was Mexican Independence Day, more power to you, bro. But there's no way that was a 10-8 round. Like, get out of here with that. That wasn't. Like, we should be sitting here today with Valentina Chevchenko as the new UFC flyweight champion. And it's sad that now the division gets holed up because there's no way you don't do the rematch. There's no way you don't do the rematch, especially after what I saw. Fucking clearly three rounds to two. And there's no way that fifth round was 10-8. But I already knew that since the, the fight concluded on Saturday. There was no shock in that. I rewatched it more to make sure that I wasn't missing anything in the f- fourth round, which I clearly was because those knees really... If she, again, it's more of the fact that she's complaining that they're illegal rather than because they didn't do a lot of damage because all they did was go one, two, go back, and then they went back in the center. If you cut that her complaining and she just went with it, you would say, no way, those knees didn't do a lot of damage. It's more about the fact that she complained about it that made it seem that they were hurting her, but they didn't do a lot of damage. Not enough to win her the fourth round like I originally thought. But let's go on and read what Valentina said on the matter. Actually, let's go through the fight card. So Alexa Grasso and Valentina fight to a draw, a split draw. Jack Della Mandelena defeats Kevin Holland. Now, this fight kind of annoyed me because it looked like Kevin Holland didn't try. Honestly, it just looked like he didn't try, which is okay, but he could have won this fight. And, like, you could tell in his demeanor because leading up to the fight, he's like, dude, I don't care about the belt. Why do you guys care about the belt so much? He was telling that to the media. He's saying, why do you guys care about the belt so much? I don't care about the belt. Why do you guys care, you know? So, I don't know if it's that he didn't take the fight that serious or I don't know what. Daniel Rojas Jr. defeats Terrence Mitchell. Mitchell? Mitchell? What the fuck is it? That was a crazy fight. This Raul Rosas guy, he's the real deal. If this guy cannot let, if he can stay away from the fame, he can be the real deal. If he doesn't let, because I believe to a certain extent it got to Israel's head. It definitely got to Connor's head. If he can let fame not get to say, it got to John Jones' head, but John Jones is so good that it didn't matter. He still beat that. If he can stay away from fame and not let it get to his head, this guy could be a world beater, man. He can be a world beater. I'm really excited to see what this kid does next. Because that dude, and he's only 18 going on 19. So the dude should be good, man. We should see him for years to come. Because, like, his IQ is not of an 18-year-old. That dude has, like, an IQ of, like, a 24-year-old. So he's got a lot of miles left on him. Like, if he can rack up wins, 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 because he's fighting where? Bantamweight. That's, like, the toughest division out there right now. For me, it's like between lightweight, bantamweight, and featherweight. Daniel Selumber defeats Cristos Diagos. That dude is good. Watch out for Daniel, man. Kyle Nelson defeats Fernando Padilla. I mean, I was really high on Fernando Padilla, man. And it, like, again, it, he was another one that looked like he just didn't want to be in there. 
Tracy Cortez won her fight. That was a crazy, crazy fight. Roman Kopilov, dude, we have to watch out for this guy. This guy can be champion. This guy's the man, bro. Roman Kopilov, he's the man. Lupita Goldines, of course, uh, I've been a fan of hers since she got into the UFC. But yeah, man, that does it for Noche UFC. Now let's go and read what Valentina said. If I can find it. Did I get rid of it? I did. <laughs> okay. Valentina Chevchenko on Mike Bell's infamous 10-8 round. He's going to live with that mistake forever. He sure is. She's not wrong about that. He sure is. Valentina still wants an explanation for Mike Bell. On Saturday, Chevchenko rematched Alexa Grasso for the flyweight title in the main event at Noche UFC. And unfortunately for Bullet, she fell just short of reclaiming the title. No, she did not. They need to stop writing that. She did not fall short, okay? This guy, this guy, who they gave a bunch of power to, decided to say, okay, that was a 10-8. She didn't fall short. She won that fight. And anybody with a brain that goes back and rewatches it will tell you she won this fight. And I know I shouldn't be talking like this, but she didn't fall short, okay? She did it. She did not. The two women fought to a split draw. Aside from an unsatisfying ending to the fight, the result was also highly controversial as Judge Mike Bell gave Grasso a 10-8 round, resulting in his tied scorecard and the draw. In her post-fight press conference, Chepchenko was obviously unhappy with the decision and a few, day a few days later, nothing has changed. Emotions, as I said Saturday, it's kind of double. So so they wrote the it's gonna sound weird, but they wrote the cause she has like kind of broken English, so it's gonna sound weird. For one part, I'm very proud of what I did inside the octagon, Chipchenko said on Monday. I do know exactly three rounds for certain from the fight were my rounds. She's correct on that. I won those three rounds. From the other side, a few things in the side were completely unfair. Definitely the scorecard in the final round, 10A, Mike Bell. He did some incapable things, and I think the whole world would love to hear an explanation. But from the other side, it was not me. He's going to live with that mistake forever. Bell's scorecard has been heavily criticized in part because while Grasso finished the fifth round very strong, Chevchenko won most of the round, lacing Grasso with her jab, getting her back taken in the, until getting her back taken in the final 90 seconds of the bout. Per the unified rules of MMA, a 10-8 scorecard requires at least two of the three factors of dominance, duration and damage. Chevchenko argues that the fifth round objectively did not meet these standards. Well, they didn't because even though she had her back, like she hit her, like she was landing hard hit, but she hit her, they were getting blocked. It's not like they were hurting her a lot either. And even when Alexa had her back, Valentina did the Volkanovski thing where Volk, when Islam had his back and Volk was punching the shit at him, like Valentina was doing that, they both were doing that to each other. So I believe Valentina won the fight. Let's see what Henry said. There is nothing clear in that. The reason it was 10-8, Chipchenko said, no one is speaking about it. And my guess is because there is no explanation for that. It's kind of like he had me on his scorecard winning three rounds. And it looks like in the final round, he was like, oh my God, I cannot let this happen. I'll just switch my mind and gave a 10-8. And she even goes on to say, Chevchenko did acknowledge that the fight was close, saying that even though she believes she won, she can understand a scorecard for Grasso. I mean, I can understand that seeing it live and the judges don't have the benefit of rewatching the fight. 
But rewatching it, there's no way Grasso won this fight. I'm telling you, those knees, they were they were her most significant moves in the round. But if Valentina is not there complaining, they don't look as damaging. They look more damaging because she's sitting there complaining, going like, yo, Rev, do something. And because Herb's talking, if that complaining isn't happening, you wouldn't argue that Grasso could have won the fourth round, in my opinion. It's kind of like split decision in that fight is something that could have happened. Chipchenko said, I think it should be three rounds my side, two rounds her side. All three scorecards. But when the fight is so intense, so technical, so much nonstop action, you can see anything like judges giving victory to one side or another, but not 10-8. I mean, and that would have been fair. Like, if I were to, like, let's say 10-8 doesn't happen and they still gave it to Grasso, I'll be like, okay, in hindsight, they don't have benefit of instant re of rewatching the fight, you know? Because there's something, at least in my experience of watching so much combat sports, when you're watching it live, there's so much feelings like, dude, what could happen? <laughs> that... Once you know the result, all the emotion is taken out. So now you sit there and go, okay, this, 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 and this. Like, they don't have the benefit of what I just did 10 minutes ago and rewatch the fight. Because I did that because I specifically wanted to talk about it. Specifically that fourth round. And like I said, rewatching it, I changed my mind. Valentina, to me, clearly won the fourth round. And I mean, why would you appeal it? Like, there's no way. They're not going to overturn it and say you won. I mean, well, they would if they... There's no way they can appeal that, bro. Like, it's a draw. Just the right thing to do here. And I know people want the division to move on. But the right... If he gets a title shot, Valentina for sure deserves another title shot. She won that fight. And if that scorecard didn't read 10-8, she would have got her hand raised. So if that doesn't warrant an immediate title shot, but yet Izzy getting schooled four rounds to one does... I don't know what the UFC is doing here. I know what they're doing. They're running a business and they want to make money. But if you, the fans are there going like, what What the fuck is this, bro? We deserve, Valentina deserves the third fight because she does. To see what Henry had to say on the matter, bro. Henry Cejudo tortures Noche UFC judge over colossal controversial score. Cejudo has some strong words for the judge. Former two-division UFC champion Henry Cejudo has gone off on a controversial MMA judge. Five fans won't soon forget the conclusion to the Noche UFC main event. Alexa Grasso and Valentina Chipchenko battle for five thrilling rounds in the UFC women's flyweight title rematch. Grasso secured the 125-pound gold when she submitted Chipchenko six months prior. The rematch went the distance and while the fight was an instant classic and ended in controversy. The first two scores total were red, both 48-47, but Judge Camillo had the fight for Grasso and Saldi Amato viewed Chepchenko as the winner. The final scorecard total was that of Mike Bell, who scored the fight 47-47, which means the bell was ruled a split draw. Bell received a ton of flack from the MMA community for giving Grasso a 10-8 score in the final round. It was recently reported by Ariel Hawani that the Navi Athletic Commission will be holding a 10 8 training session for judges as a result of the, the Noche UFC debacle. I mean, that's good. I, I hope they put this on the internet. Henry Cejudo took to his YouTube channel and questioned how Bell could have possibly come to the conclusion that Grasso was dominant enough 
turn a 10-8 score in round five. The biggest question I have out of this whole thing as I'm thinking what's going on with this 10-8 round in the fifth for Alexa Grasso. I mean, it's Mexican Independence Day, and this is one thing that Valentina did bring up to, to mind is the judges tend to lean more towards the, the favorite athlete when it comes to a special holiday. Does Alexa Grasso deserve a 10-8 round? To me, it really doesn't make any sense. They would have said that Grasso absolutely deserved a 10-9 score for the, for round five, but a 10-8 is totally egregious. He went on to have some harsh words from Mike Bell. Mike Bell, you absolutely make me sick, Sehudo said. You should retire from judging because you don't know absolutely anything. And then it goes on to say it was recently reported that they were going to hold a seminar for the judge. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I honestly and like I could say things, but then it makes me sound like a crazy person. I don't like giving off that type of vibe. I mean, they had three Mexican champions and like their lone standing champion loses on Mexican Independence Day. And I'm not saying the UFC had any part in that because the UFC does not pick the judges. It's um athletic commission for the state. But let's read this. Leon Edwards' brother reveals details behind delayed UFC title fight with Colby Covington. It's been more than six months since Leon successfully defended his welterweight world title against ex-champion Kamar Usman at UFC 286. Not long after, Edwards dispatched the Nigerian nightmare in their trilogy about the UFC CEO. Where did it go? Dana White revealed that the outspoken division standout Colby Covington would be the next man to challenge Rocky at 170 pounds. Half a year later and the bout has still not happened, nor has it been announced. Covington has been plenty talkative, placing most of the blame on Edwards for the delay. But the champ's brother offers some insight into why we've gotten no official word regarding the welterweight title tilt. In a recent interview with the Daily Star, Leon Edwards' brother Fabian Edwards revealed that much of the delay is due to negotiations, including where the fight will take place. I mean, at this point, so Abu Dhabi's booked up. If the rumor of John Jones not wanting Kobe on the card, which is a real thing because, let's face it, John's that type of guy. He is. He doesn't like somebody. He'd be like, Dana, I don't want this guy on my card. Dana will be like, all right, bro. Because John does have that power. Don't tell me he doesn't. He does. He has that power. Dana will sit up there until you know he doesn't, but he does. Fans keep asking, but he's ready to go. He's ready to go in there. It's just about the negotiation, Fabian Edwards said. It's about the location and so many things. At the moment, the focus is on me and I'm in the cage, but he's training and ready. It's great having him there if we need to lean on each other, having a champion that's been there and done it. And then it goes on to say that Fabian Edwards will fight Johnny Eblen at Bellator 299. When is that? On the 23rd? I'm not going to be able to watch it. Sucks. Sucks. So Johnny Eblen will face Fabian Edwards next week in Dublin. And then they have the San Diego card a few weeks after that. And then I believe that's the final card of the year because they just announced Bellator 301. But I did not see the date on that. Let me see if it'll tell me. Oh, wow. It's going to be November 17th in Chicago. And look at this. Did I get an email about this? If I did, I'm going to be fucking pissed off, bro. Let's check. I did. Holy heck. I did, and I didn't see it. Vadim Nankov is going to fight. Oh, no. I'm I'm so sorry about that. 
Wow, okay, right. I didn't get any. I did, and uh, what time did I get this? I have to really look at this email. What's this? I got this yesterday? I have to really go through this email, man. My stuff gets oversaturated with LinkedIn and stuff like that. Bellator 301 main card finalized with the addition of former featherweight world champion AJ McKee versus number five ranks in the outlaw. Tickets go on sale. Tickets on sale now for stacked event on Friday, November 17th at the Wind Trust Arena in Chicago. Preliminary card set. A preliminary card sees former flyweight champion Juliana Vasquez square off against Paula Cristina. Dude, this, this so you know what I think is happening is they want to get one more fight out of all these guys. I honestly do not see in the new year them doing this, but we're going to find out more after November because PFL just announced their champions line with the return of Kayla Harrison. Rounding out Bellator 301's Amosov versus Jackson main card, former featherweight champion and homegrown star, number six rank AJ McKee returns to action and will meet Kill Clip FC's number five rank Sydney Outlaw. All right, well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to look at the card. So this will also hold the first semifinal bout because, I mean, the second one, because so Usman Nurmagomedov will fight. Who's he fighting? Brett Primus in October. And so this next one will feature Pitbull versus Shabli. So then the winners of those fights meet in the finals. AJ McKee will fight Sidney Outlaw. Rafian Stance will fight Danny Sabatello in a rematch. Oh my God, I get to see this live now. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, Sergio Perez will fight Patchy Minx because, again, Sergio was supposed to be in the, in the Grand Prix Championship tournament but he hurt his shoulder so he had to pull out so now this will unify the belts and in the main event Yagoslav Amosov 27-0 will face Jason Jackson <laughs> I want to say something but then you can be like fuck this guy again but Amosov is Leon Edwards' worst nightmare okay that guy won't get tired that guy will clinch him and he's got hands man and again, if Colby and him fight, if they fight, and I'll shut up if Leon looks good. Like, if Leon can stop most of his takedowns without looking depleted, I'll shut up. I promise. I will shut up. But I believe Amosov is the worst nightmare for everybody in the UFC. Nobody just wants to believe me. And again, he could go in there and get his ass whooped. It's nothing new to me, bro. <laughs> like, I just want to see it happen. I just want to see it happen. But if what I hear is true, they're all going, like, most of them are going to go to the PFL, which is cool, too. They'll make money there. It's cool, it's cool, bro. It's cool. But, damn, that's a good card. November, what is it? 17th. November 17th. But we'll leave it there, guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, on Instagram, official underscore PITM, on Twitter. I finally finished the Lord Thirds. I'm going to work on this some more, so the YouTube videos should be coming very, very soon. Peace, guys. Later.